I wanted to do, I thought it'd be kind of funny if I did, uh, or I'm compelled to anyways. I want to do, to begin, a uh, a corrections. We used to do corrections. You remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah. So I've got some, uh, I got a couple corrections about ghosts. Okay. Not to do with ghosts themselves, but about uh, how some, some of the bits of the conversation went down. You suggested a good reason for why a ghost smelling flowers would help it uh, be weak in a fight. Yes. And I shot you down, but I listened to it and you're totally right. Well, thank you. <laughs> I it was a good that. idea. Yeah, it was a well thought out. I can almost, uh, you know, just go back and listen to it. Um, I was committed to the bit to being contrarian, but you had a good reason. Well, I appreciate that. I also did not feel shot down. So I know you don't feel yeah. shot down, but you're a very generous person. And uh, but I want everyone else to know because I'm embarrassed about turning down a good idea. <laughs> that's what that's about. Well, thank you. And then uh, my my second point is that. I threw the grudge under the bus a little. <laughs> and uh, I actually don't remember like anything about it enough to have done that. I just had like a feeling that it was like a, uh, a derivative of the ring. And I actually don't know if that's true. And uh, my friend Patrick was like, what's wrong with the grudge? And I was like, you know what? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I just threw it under the bus because sometimes when you're uh, speaking for public consumption, you feel like you have to take a stand. Yeah. Yeah. Something one way or another. Yeah. Also, while we're doing this, I know we. I. Uh, I said I, I, we, we. We. didn't need to do this. I. I did make some mistakes about Eberron, but uh, the. The. Oh, that's uh, right. No, don't worry about. Yeah, that's yeah. what Jeff's yeah. were. It's fine. Worry. It's fine. It's fine. Eberron's really cool. You should all read Eberron stuff. Yeah. Exactly. If you want to know what was wrong about it, go on the Facebook group Monster Manual Mash and read uh, Jeff's excellent, um, passionate corrections. Yes, yes. That's yes. why I don't mind the corrections, is that it's like, it's a fun thing with Jeff. The one thing I do want to say, though, uh, is that uh, uh, Corvier is the whole continent. Carnarth, I think I'm saying that right, is the part I was talking about. That's right. Yes. That seems like an important one to mention. Yeah. We have now apologized to all Eberonians. So what's Eberon then? Eberon's the, well, Eberon is the whole planet, basically, and it's also okay. the name of the dragon the like cosmic dragon whose body became the the planet. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Kyber who's the underworld right. There's a whole it's it's sweet. It's a whole it's a whole it's a whole world. It's a whole world that got built and it's not like a railroady adventure in the world. It's just like here's the factions and here's the maps. It's good. That is good. Okay, but today's show. Boom, edit. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. All that to say, uh that's the past. We don't need the past. We're living in the future. This is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where two guys talk about every creature in the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual. We go entry by entry, monster by monster, and we pick apart what Wizards of the Coast is talking about, what all the writers are trying to pitch as a monster for your game. And we look at the hooks of the monster. Why uh, would you want to run this particular thing? what they're trying to get at sometimes with the with the language and the the narration uh how to actually run it we look at the stats we look at how they look because we're judgy bitches we look at myth and history and we speculate and the idea is to have a good time learn something you might feel better you might uh get closer to those you love <laughs> Yeah. You're not going to yeah. challenge me on the pet? You might. No, no, no. You might. You might. You might. Um, and with that guarantee, I am Wes. Mm. Yeah. And I'm Chris. And uh, what do we got today, Wes? We uh, we got the ghoul. We got that the ghoul. ghoul. You got the ghouls. Perfect. Uh, Halloween, man. Yeah. Because we start off pretty strong here in Halloween territory. The ghoul yeah. roams the night in packs, driven by an insatiable hunger for humanoid flesh. Good, strong opening line. Yeah, absolutely. Next, uh, next paragraph, devourers of flesh, in case that wasn't clear. Like maggots or carrion beetles, ghouls thrive in places rank with decay and death. They haunt places, <clears throat> excuse me, they haunt places where it can gorge on dead flesh and organs. Don't forget those. When it can't feed on the dead, it pursues living creatures. So that's kind of interesting already. It's a it's a monster that like would prefer not to attack you if it has a more better food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
if it's if if it's already got corpses, it'll go for those. But if it's got no corpses, it goes and makes more corpses. Yeah, it's about the corpses. Which, it's not the people. Yeah, which I love that the line about like I don't know. There's something almost like kind of uh, you know, like they know what they're doing, and they're like, oh yeah. And if it doesn't have corpses, it goes and makes more corpses. Like a fun euphemistic way to be spooky about them. But then I was thinking about it. That that's basically true about anything that eats meat. Like most carnivorous animals and and people that eat meat is like mm-hmm. you make it a corpse first, and then you eat the corpse. That's not special to ghouls. <laughs> Makes but you when think, you phrase huh? it the way that they phrase it, it's yeah, yeah. Who yeah. are the real ghouls, huh? Exactly. Um, well, this is kind of a theme that uh, is carried out um, with the ghoul in its yeah. entirety. Is that it's like. It's really just a person. It's the undead that's most like a person. Yeah. Because I was going to say up top is like ghouls are the original fast zombies, but they're more than that. Yeah. They're more than that. They're different than zombies. Yeah. But they're related. There's definite relation. And I have a whole, yeah. I think after we cover the uh, the book material, then like, well, I think we can talk about how they're like and unlike uh, all the other classics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they derive no nourishment, but are driven by an unending hunger that compels them to consume. A ghoul's undead flesh never rots, and they can persist in a tomb or crypt for untold ages without feeding. So uh, that makes them, it's like you're sure they're undead because they don't derive nourishment. And it kind of makes them more terrifying psychologically to think about. Yeah. Just like unending it, hunger. Totally. Yeah. And just like unending, like, and like, you know, centuries, millennia, just like in a sealed tomb, nothing to eat, but feeling nothing but hunger. That's, Mm -hmm. that's some dark shit. That's dark shit. They have an abyssal origin. Ghouls trace their origins to the abyss. Dorisane was the first ghoul, an elfin worshiper of Orcus. He feasted on humanoid flesh to honor the demon prince of undeath. And that's who Orcus is. You gotta know who Orcus is to understand some of this. Um, that, that's kind of all I know about Orcus, but I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a demon, but he's also, uh, he's all about the undead. There you go. Yeah. In return, Orcus turned him into the first ghoul, and he lived in the abyss and spent his days turning other demonic worshippers into ghouls. Until one day, this perfect, um, idealistic, domestic life was interrupted by Yinogu. Have you ever pronounced that name before? Yinogu? Uh, I always said Yinogu. But Yinogu. I don't know. That's Yinogu. pretty. I like that. Yeah. Yin. So the important part is we both is that everyone pronounces the first four letters as Yin because it's a hyena, yin. right? Yeah. Yeah. Demonic Knoll Lord and Knolls uh, are the hyena people. Yin Yinogu invaded the abyss and knocked Dorisane from his seat of power. Orcus gave him the cold shoulder and did not intervene. So Dorisane instead begged for help from the elf gods, and they took pity. And they extracted him to safety in the material plane. And that is why elves have ever since been immune to the ghoul's paralytic touch. This is uh, not in the stat block. <laughs> yeah. I went back to it. It's like, oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah. So that's a weird, there's, I don't, so far we haven't encountered anything like this where there's like yeah. an extremely particular rule that affects a major, uh, like the iconic power. If anyone has like, you, if you've never really played a bunch of D&D, you might not know it, but like the whole reason that ghouls exist kind of tactically in a, in a game is that they have paralyzing scratching abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So like the reason you'd be afraid to fight a ghoul versus a zombie is that a ghoul can paralyze you. Um, and in the stat block, it doesn't say anything about this. So if you just use the stat block, if you're just like opening it up to crack out a monster um, and you're not so interested in the provided material, then you're never going to see that. And even if you are, like you, uh, there's no, because the book has no like, like a game acknowledging material there's like nothing to tell you that it's okay to use it or not use it Mm -hmm. which is fine for people like us who are like used to kind of doing whatever you want with D&D but it seems just like a bad form to like include something and then also not include it at the same time yeah yeah it's it's like the exact type of um contradiction that like will make certain people's heads explode (laughs) And frustration you know yeah i mean it's like a piece of like, world building like there's not much there's actually not a ton of world building built into the monsters uh like stat block but this this yeah. was like there if you put that in the stat block there'd have to be a reason and then it would reinforce the whole like i am i'm very much in favor of that i think that's very cool 
but I yeah. think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, where it's like, it can be as bland as you want or as generic and you can insert it anywhere, but you can also, if, if you read this, then now you, you're kind of like, kind of makes you, you have to decide if you're going to like involve the uh, recommended lore of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is more than I want to think. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me what to roll. Tell me what yeah. the good number is. Exactly. Uh, next section, ghasts. Orcus sometimes infuses a ghoul with a stronger dose of abyssal energy, making a ghast. Where ghouls are little more than savage beasts, ghasts are cunning and they can inspire a pack of ghouls to follow its commands. So there's two stat blocks here, and they're basically the same, uh, except ghasts have a stench. <laughs> yeah, that can, stinky uh, boys. They're stinky boys, uh, and what does it do? It can make you poisoned, which gives you disadvantage, which is bad. And they also have a turning defense, which makes them particularly uh, dangerous. So they have yeah. advantage on being turned, which extends to other ghouls within 30 feet of it. So what I am picturing here is like a, like a, a fast zombie um, scenario. Maybe not like the creature itself, but like a rush of um, scary, ravenous, unreasonable monsters yeah. in a pack. Just scrambling at you. Yeah. But yeah. there's like a the difference between maybe like a pack of animals or something is that there's there's like like I'm trying to figure out what the the vibrational difference is between like a pack of wild animals and a and a pack of ghouls led by a ghast. There's like a human or like a they have a intelligence of eleven, I think. It's yeah. So they have like an average human intelligence. The ghast does. So I think, I don't know, I think it's kind of creepy to see a human act so, uh, like, demented. Yeah, yeah. And debased. They're not yeah, like, like um, especially when, like, they have the human form there. And, like, sometimes, like, it's easy to imagine, like, the, 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 the scrambling ghouls, like, kind of going on, like, a half quadrupedal, half bipedal gait. Like, they're sort of going back and forth. Like, they're moving a little bit weirder than they should. Yeah. But, yeah. And maybe it's that they look like you. Like you are, like you're different from a wolf. I mean, the royal you. Yeah. They don't look like Wes necessarily. I look a lot like a wolf. Hey. <laughs> that, yeah, that is true. Yeah. That part is true, but not like a ghoul. No. But the royal you, I'm, I'm talking to the, the human beings in the crowd right now. Uh, the ghoul is humanoid and they're, it's like a human being. It's, it's almost like, uh, the terror of like, uh, cannibals, cannibals or something. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's something there of like, um, I don't know, like I'm thinking about, uh, humans, uh, being particularly evolved towards being persistence hunters, right? Like to a lot of, oh, yeah. Yeah. um, other animals. To them, like we're like the predators that would hunt them alongside like lions and whatever else. And um, like we don't often think about it because like we're the humans in the situation. But like what well, would it be like to be hunted by humans? You know, like I guess there's this humans that hunt each other in certain ways. But there's something there's something there. There's some like, uh, you know, you 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 put your 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 empathy in the wrong place. And it's it's spooky because it's like, oh, right. Regular ass humans are are. Uh, scary, you know. Who are the humans that are hunting each other? Do you know some? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about people fighting each other, like like war. I don't know. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this yeah. is this is uh, but war is different, you know. War like, is this, different. This, yeah. this is a uh, this is a hunger thing. This is like a base yeah. uh, need impulse. Yeah, yeah. So there's maybe another aspect of like a uh, you know, there's like the classic like oh we're we're different than other animals, right? But like oh, I don't know, yeah. are we? Are yeah, we? yeah. Just like actually, that relates to what you said at the beginning, where you're like, if it can't find something dead to eat, it'll hunt a live thing and make it dead. And it's like that's <laughs> that's where where have I heard this before? Where have I seen yeah, this yeah. before? It seems familiar. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but then you have the sort of with, when you bring ghasts in there too, cause you've got like these like animalistic, but humanoid, like, uh, ravenous can't be reasoned with sort of like things there. And maybe you got your adventuring parties is like, it's okay. I can turn on dead. I can do this, but it, it doesn't work. And one of them kind of stands up a little bit tall. I'm like, oh, they're, yeah. they, they are actually still a little bit more like us because look, they have a hierarchy and they, they, they have, uh, motivations and they can be persuaded. Um, that's yeah. a good spooky moment. And characterization cool. too. Like, I think it's worth it narratively to like have a, uh, a standout villain. Yeah. Like that's kind of fun. Yeah. 
kind of like a ghoul version of like a who is it in uh, Fellowship of the Ring? Mostly the film. I think almost only the film. Lurts, <laughs> the leader of the Uruk High. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there's like, oh well, that one's like a guy though. You know, yes. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you have one. You got what it was he was the is that the uh, albino one? Uh, he's the one that there's a couple uh, of there were more. Either. Yeah, that was the one with a with a very prominent white hand of uh, oh, uh, Saruman on his yeah, face. Okay. Yeah, and um right. and there were uh there were like yeah the, I'm thinking about the one in the end of Fellowship that shows up and then you see his particular birthing scene when they take him out of the sack in the ground. Yeah, and uh, uh I I he was the orc that there were the most action figures of because he got a lot of screen time. Yeah, because he was the leader kind of, and he was kind of you know uh. He was kind of hot. <laughs> oh, he's absolutely a type, like for sure. <laughs> I'm just comparing him yeah. to like uh, the other, the, the orc leader I think of the most. I know the one you're talking about for sure, but the orc leader I think of, and I wish um, I remembered his name, but it's the one from Return of the King, the one that leads the the, the siege against, I guess it's not a oh, siege yeah. battle, but it's like, yeah, you attack on ranks, you fools, four ranks, that yeah. guy. I like him because yeah, he's him. he's misshapen and albino. He's got tons of damage has been done to him. He's and he seems yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. He seems like he's got a philosophy behind his life. Like when he uh, barely sidesteps the catapult boulder. Yeah, yeah. When he like no, that's a good moment. That's and only kind of reminds me of the totally, totally. Like it reminds me of the whole thing how like and up until World War One British uh, and maybe even two British officers were instructed never to duck because it would uh, right. if you if you show any sign of nervousness that's bad for morale and I was I, I even think like watching Return of the King I'm like you know if I was an orc yeah that I'd want that guy leading me in the battle like look he's absolutely he's seen, he's seen some fights you know what I bet you that Peter Jackson because Peter Jackson came out with um, a World War One documentary called. It's worth looking up. I haven't seen it. I'd like to. It's the one where the, he colorized all the footage, right? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. It is going to be revealed at the end of this sentence. They shall not grow old. Yes. So it's, uh, I guess I would say, probable that he has an interest in World War One, and, uh, you know, Tolkien well, and famous the, World yeah. War One man. Yeah, yeah. And... I bet you he used that's probably like the dark side of uh of valor in war, you know, is the commitment to the bit of uh of bravery. The yeah, extreme absolutely. of bravery leads you to those kinds of horrific moments. Yeah, yeah. Used for evil creates uh, a very powerful and noteworthy character. Yeah. And I I I honestly think you know in certain um like uh, genres, I suppose this is more common, but I think the um, uh, sort of like very in 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 the way this particularly to the military, but like a like a charismatic, gruff, like general, competent general as 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 like a villain is very good because it's like yeah, no, he's a threat because like of course his his soldiers follow him, right? Yeah, he's like Orc Patton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Competence has a certain uh, attraction or appeal, or that yeah. that crosses. Like, doesn't matter the morality. Sometimes you you are forced to admire an enemy you would otherwise hate. Yeah. So I guess that's give a good that way. Give that to a ghoul. Exactly. Yeah. Give that to a ghoul uh, and make them even more human and relatable, and it'll it'll twist the whole thing that much more. You want, I think, oh, for man. maximum uh, creepability, you'd want to like highlight how the ghouls are like just like people, except wrong. Yeah. Depraved. Given fully into you know like the id, right? Yeah. Basically, they're yeah. That's a that's a good call, and the. Uh, Maybe we could talk about how they are different from from certain certain monsters now. Like that's that's a good thing. They're they have an id, like so they have a, a psychology. They're the most human undead, so they're different from they zombies. They want something, right? Yeah, like they, they, there's a exactly. thing that they want. But zombies, uh, they often are eating people as well. Yeah, and so there's definitely some uh, some crossover. But with I think zombies, the scariness of it is the mindlessness of it. It's the difference to me is between like zombies have like instincts, but like ghouls and ghasts have like a will to do the thing that they're doing. It's not like pure instinct. It's like it's 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 like there's instinct there, but like the instinct is driving like a desire that they're making a choice. To... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The desire is something like they have the same kind of hunger you do, whereas a zombie is like a machine almost. Yeah, ghouls have some mind. Yeah, 
and like you can make often you know uh, a a goofier, whimsier, uh, whimsical necromancer will have like zombies doing their laundry and uh, flying skull butlers and stuff. But you wouldn't yeah. make a ghoul work for you necessarily. It'd yeah. be too much. They can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Like maybe if you're like a like a powerful vampire, you might make sure that there are some ghouls roaming around the outside, the outskirts of your castle, just uh, just as a deterrent. But like, yeah, but you I wouldn't give them twenty bucks to go get you like, like, like some some Coke Zeros from the Max Milk, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're spending it all on pepperoni sticks. <laughs> and that's a that's another one, vampires. So like. Vampires also uh, consume people, yeah. But there's like there's a there's a huge difference because vampires have like lusts. There's like a lustiness to their uh, their feeding, yeah. But they're 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 suave. They're usually sophisticated. There's all kinds of variations of vampires, but like the classic Dracula style vampire is like an aristocrat, yeah, yeah, which suggests like a place in society and a reputation. And maybe certain adherences to uh, like particular customs and rituals of of their time and place. Yeah, and they have to fold in their like supernatural hunger into that. And there's like a tension between the ways that they are bound and the ways that they want to indulge themselves. Yeah, and they have like an awareness of eternity. I think that like yeah. a more like a ghoul doesn't have, and so I think. Um, I don't know how explicit this is in a lot of like vampire fiction, but it's like, okay, well, I know I'm immortal. Eventually, like I, you know, I love drinking blood, but like it feels the best. But like eventually, just that gets boring. I kind of want to make a game of it, you know, and and, yeah. and see how, if I can blend in and kind of try to find enjoyment in the hunt of it because they're they're like um it, on like the sliding scale of like the peopleiness of it they're very hard to the the it's a person side and then on the other extreme is like a zombie and then somewhere in the middle there is ghouls yeah yeah that's a good uh way to put it on the on the mind on the undead spectrum it is funny there's like a I think it was even a much bigger thing in 3.5 of like having to categorize the undead there's like corporeal incorporeal yeah uh social non-social but ghouls are bottomless pits, yeah. kind of more to what you're saying. There's like, there's no uh, finesse to it. Just They don't get satisfaction. Even when they eat, they don't get satisfaction. There's no nourishment. And I think that's also, you know, uh, let's put werewolves on the board. Yeah. So werewolves, they have hunger. But I've always interpreted werewolves as like being overwhelmed with uh, also a bestial passion, but it's like a different thing. It's like maybe invigorating. Yeah. Yeah, is is maybe the the feeling, whereas ghouls are just like there's no invigoration, there's no satisfaction, nothing good comes out of it. It's not a warm thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a, a tendency. I think this is important, uh, especially for like film. If you're gonna like the the ghouls, I don't think a ghoul should like roar like a predator. There's a tendency in a lot of film to just to make like anything that like eats people or like is beefshell, it should like roar and then. It, they all act like the same kind of just like lion monster. Do you know what I mean? Or am I just Yeah, I know, of... no, I know what you mean. I feel like there's there's like um there's no sort of like because I imagine I don't know, there there could be lots of different reasons, but like the roar is more like a hey, hey, I've I'm establishing dominance before I eat you. Like this is the situation. Like there's sort of like a a, de a declaration that happens there, yeah, and um, and it's sort of just like what you expect from like a scary monster. It's going to make a scary sound, right? Because it's something um, that happens in like the animal kingdom. Yeah, so it's the, yeah, it's totally the easiest. It's the easiest to comprehend. It's the roaring T Rex from Jurassic Park. Yeah, but it's not the tiger that roars that gets you, right? <laughs> it's the one that's been following you silently um for who knows how long right like so there's like a it's if something's just coming at you like that's almost more like oh i'm gonna get eaten by a thing the thing that actually wants to eat you if unless like a bear you cross a bear's path and a bear's gonna eat whatever it can it's like hey i smelled you from a long time away a long ways away get out of here depending on the kind of bear it's gonna it's gonna like just like sort of face that head on but like if it was just like a really hungry like cougar right like it's not mm -hmm. gonna it's not gonna bother with a display um, it's not going to be worried so much about its territory as getting a successful hunt because it's hungry, right? And that's its, mm -hmm. its focus. And so like a ghoul, they're not 
territorial, right? Like, uh, they, they might, um, you know, uh, they, they might like, this is, this is, I get a lot of corpses here, so I don't want anything else taking these corpses. They might have that sort of thing going on, but most of their motivation is going to be that raw hunger. So like a ghoul is just going to, just going to go for you. It's just going to come straight at you. You turn a corner and it's sprinting at you. That's, that's almost more, that is maybe more terrifying than turning a corner and there's like a pale guy. It's like, and then it comes at you. But if there's exactly. a if there's a, a pale guy just sprinting at you, like that's like already that's, sprinting at yeah. you from like a, yeah. from like a across you could see across a field and there's just like a gang of pale, creepy pervs just yeah sprinting. And they're not interested in roaring. They're like they're not getting joy out of this. They're just like they're doing whatever they can to appease this unending hunger. And if they get what they want, yeah. it probably just makes them even hungrier. Yeah. So they're just they're just totally they're desperate. I think that's a thing. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost less that they want flesh, and it's and 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 more that they hate wanting flesh. Yes, yes, that's good, Wes. Thank you. They hate what that they want it so much. It drives them crazy. That's it, man. Case closed. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like, and I don't know. I'm just having fun connecting dots here. But it's like, what if you took the lessons from like Buddhist thought and just reversed them entirely? Oh uh, yeah, you know, it's like, and and just like, or just like embodying that like complete reversal of that. They're just suffering. Yeah, yeah they're like, just what do you suffering. Mean? Like, is that what you mean? Well, it's it's more like it's it's like they they are fully all they are is like. I mean, I, I guess not not quite because it's like all they are is like the want and all they are is like wanting a thing that they don't have. Um, but there's no acceptance of like, I'm always going to want and I can't get it. It's like, no, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep trying to get it. And they can't die. They're 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 eternal. There's no like they so they're like the idea of like being like eternal and deathless and existing forever and and always wanting forever but like it's almost like uh like the state the existence of being a ghoul is almost exactly what um the practice of buddhism is 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 getting you out of but ghouls they're essentially that so they can't they can't you know they 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 can never uh escape the wheel and achieve nirvana they're just permanent and corporeal yeah they're locked in always wanting yeah yeah that's a really interesting connection you could uh build something out of like i imagine a monastery where they keep a bunch of ghouls in like a pit and like contemplate them oh yeah (laughs) whoa there's something very yeah i think we're, we're revealing something that i thought already but hadn't really expressed in words it's like there's something actually really uh psychological about ghouls that is not really explored too much although there is a uh uh, a book i will talk about later on that i've read that is uh, very pertinent to this but and that's i think the only example i can think of where someone else has has tapped into that idea um right but let's uh let's get into that let's get to uh um let's talk a little bit first about the expressions of the ghoul in various D&D precursors to 5th edition. Right. And let's talk about AD&D. Oh, first, uh, before that, we're getting ahead of myself. There's still, we, I want to talk about the uh, paralyzation quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, in D&D terms, ghouls, like the whole reason to have ghouls is because they have a, they're, they're different from zombies, different from other undead because they have a paralyzing claw attack. Yeah. So the the use, I think, the scene is a mob of these are sprinting at you. It's panic. It's uh it's the sudden shock of of the attack. It is the the shock of seeing like humanoid bodies just trying to uh, slaver like slavering, teeth gnashing, trying to eat you. And one a PC is paralyzed and is maybe being dragged away mid fight. Yeah, it's great because it's like a built in. Oh, now we have to really think about whether we're just going to run away from this or not. Because like we did be leaving, you know, that guy behind, and like he's not even dead yet. Like. He's just paralyzed. Yeah, it makes a maybe we have to stay and fight. Yeah, it makes an interesting tactical uh, decision, which is which uh, really highlights, especially like at low level, the action of the game is like 
this is a very dramatic scene in terms of yeah. the action that you get out of a game. There's lots, you know, there's no, like whatever story is going on, like this is the action movie part and a lot yeah. can be revealed in, in a scene like this. So I think it's cool. But the downside is, uh, I think, paralyzation itself as a concept in a, in the game. Yeah. It's the same with like being stunned. It's like we the, the effect is you just lose turns. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's 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 always kind of a bummer when like one of the mechanics in the game is that for a little bit you don't get to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well said. And it's uh it's tough because I love I love the the scariness of paralyzation for your character, but it's also just a bummer to have happen actually. Yeah. It helps to be like a willing participant in the in the danger. Like some people get very yeah. like uh tight about bad things happening to their character. Yeah, but if you I just, like, kind of love it when terrible things happen. To my yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why we get along in games very well. Yeah, yeah. I've said it before. I play my characters like I'm driving a stolen car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it's about buying into the fiction of the game. It's about, um, yes, ending, even when bad things are happening to you. Yeah. And kind of reveling in the scene. Like, make the scene. If you get paralyzed, like, I don't know play into it think of how like interesting the scene would be to like read or look at yeah yeah it's hard to do that though that's a whole other discussion for some people you know they look at it like more of a game where they have like a real clear picture of how their their character would be and if uh you play with it too much they get they get bummed out uh -huh, uh -huh. similar except that it adds that anyone slain by a ghoul will become one unless their body is blessed which is a spell or blessed and resurrected or something like that uh, ghouls can't be affected by the sleep spell and i think a couple other spells in particular it explicitly says that circle or magic circle of protection against evil uh 100 works they don't have to make a, there's no check they can make great and it says that elves are explicitly immune to paralyzation, but okay, it's well, not yeah, explained it how <laughs> or why. All right. Between the two editions, we have two coherent things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's a lovely example of like a previous iteration coming up, bubbling up into the now, but still not like fully explained and not integrated. I mean, it's integrated, but not explained. And there's one line about how, and by the way, there's a water ghoul, which I forgot to write the name down, but it's some, some made up name. It's just a ghoul that swims well. And I guess that's yeah. important. Just like there's like a water gargoyle. Yeah. Were there a lot of adventures back in the day that took place like underwater? I think there was one kind of famous one. Oh, I know. I don't know. I, I just remember I, the one game that I, one of the only games, actually, there's been a couple, but one of the only games I ever played of AD&D. Um, this is one run by uh, James Kerr that was yes. actually broadcast live on Trent Radio. And um, it was uh, like about the Drowning Temple, which I think might be an actual module. I, 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 sounds I have to look it up. But uh, yeah. basically there was a temple dedicated to the God of Death by Drowning. Yes. Um, and that, that we had an adventure in. Um, and, and so, Ian, yeah, yeah I, I've like a large chunk of my AD&D experiences are a water dungeon. Okay. You know, well, then this so all makes sense. That that tracks. Yeah. If they're being water ghouls, that makes sense. Of course, there's water ghouls. There's a whole god of death by drowning. Who's going to do the drowning if not the ghouls? Yeah. So then we get to second edition and we have minor revisions that kind of make it closer to fifth. 
Uh, but it does mention that they hang out around graveyards in particular. And this is where they get to the idea that they don't always hunt. They hang out around places where bodies are already abundant. So like battlefields and graveyards. Yeah. And they transmit ghoul fever. And that's how people get turned into ghouls by being slain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have had that last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ghoul fever. Is that what it's called? Ghoul fever. Yeah. I love that that's what it's called. That's great. Yeah. Ghoulvid 19. I like the idea of them hanging around graveyards and battlefields. It's very mythic of to have like a place where, maybe not graveyards, because maybe, maybe like not a sanctified graveyard, but like an abandoned graveyard or like a graveyard yeah. where something bad happened. Battlefields, you know, these places where like bad things happened. Yeah. Now attracts these like the reverberations of of these evil events persist yeah, just you know? like bad enough vibes that make yeah. a lot of corpses and you get the combination of the vibes and the dead bodies and you just you get ghouls that's how you get ghouls there was verdun yeah. was for sure full of ghouls oh absolutely yeah europe is lousy with ghouls <laughs> everywhere every yeah nothing but ghouls pretty much ghouls all over the world if we're going to be honest yeah that's you know? true in uh third edition it's much the same but it suggested that ghouls were once people who indulged in cannibalism, but it ultimately leaves that to the uh, reader to decide, which I, is interesting because then it's not—it's kind of like a choice. Yeah. You know, cannibalism um, this is one of those things. It's like, as far as I understand it, it was like the first time uh, cannibalism kind of captured people's imaginations. It was from like racist adventure stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Europeans entirely misinterpreting funerary rituals and things like that yeah so but it's still kind of held up as like oh this is like this is a big taboo yeah so we're still kind of hung up on it and there are a few cases there's like you know some weird uh um famous cases i'm sure you could easily look up of like people arranging cannibalism in real life oh yeah yeah, yeah. you hear about yeah, these kind of things that. once in a while yeah on vice Consenting to <laughs> it ahead of time <laughs> yeah and, and there's like, you know, there's like, there's plenty of fiction involving cannibalism, but I think like, um, you know, what immediately comes to my mind is, uh, the road when mm -hmm. they notice the tremors because of the, uh, the prion disease you get from eating human, human brains, it gives you the tremors. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's all over like post-apocalyptic fiction. The road is the best example, but there being the indicator was like, oh no, you stay away from people who are really friendly and have like trembling hands in a post-apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, I forget what that's, ex I forget exactly what that's called um it's got a name and uh in cultures that have some ritual practices around um like uh cannibalism there are certain parts of the body uh, that you don't eat because kuru yes that's it because you because uh, it's this is this is a this is known um so yeah yeah that's a good point it's like uh um a physical manifestation of a transgression of like a major yeah. transgression and I hadn't thought about that, about uh, the road and a lot of uh, post-apocalyptic fiction. It's like, they're not ghouls as they are presented in this game, but they are like, they have kind of given up some of their human status. Like they've become yeah. some sort of monstrous other yeah. by taking that step. Yeah, like I think there's, in, 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 in I think, yeah, in, in every follow game that i can remember there's a side quest that involves you find some cannibals and it's interesting that that's that there are also like things called ghouls in the fallout world right which are like irradiated <laughs> yeah. people and some of them have gone feral and they, they really just look like fantasy fantasy ghouls in a lot of ways but um uh but you know there's like the non-feral ghouls who are just like regular people that are have yeah. just been irradiated but like um it's always like when you find the regular people who um are post-apocalyptic uh, secret cannibals with a spooky town where they're too nice to you. It's it's always, you know, spookier than the, the straight-up monsters you're fighting all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, again, I think it relates to the, like, this could be you, if if not but the grace yeah. of God. There but for the grace of God go I. Yeah. You could also usually be a cannibal in follow games. Yeah. <laughs> well, because yeah. it, it plays, every, that game plays everything tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, horrific, yeah. but also funny. Like, it's a, it's a ghoul who eats people but they're wearing a fedora or something yeah exactly right but that is uh they're playing with that idea which which is very related to what we're talking about here but if like and this is in third edition right where it's 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 hinted at where that might be the origin then you would 
my first thought is like, okay, well then baked into like the metaphysical reality of this um, world is that taboo. If, if that just like, well, if yeah. you ate people and then you died, that's you, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're never going to, your, your, your ghost is never going to go up into the sky. Yeah. You're going to be uh flesh who eats flesh forever. Yeah. Wes, are you suggesting that there's a, a bias towards like colonial morality in Dungeons <laughs> Dragons? <laughs> I'm not sure we're allowed to say that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. In the game about being a European style adventurer and going places and killing things and taking stuff? Being like, yeah, being uh, ungoverned tomb robbers? <laughs> I don't know. Can't be. Can't be. <laughs> we love you, D&D, obviously. You we know. do, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, going into fourth edition, uh, more of the same, except now um, there's like a, there's like, I'm not, I, I looked them up. It's, it does the same thing where it's like a uh, grave minded ghoul flinger, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like to just have a bunch of different kinds of ghouls that do different things. Yeah. Tomb touched, uh, squiggy ghoul, tomb shooter. Uh, cemetery Sam, ghoul, ghoulmanoid. <laughs> but the in terms of what the story behind ghouls is, it's when a cannibal dies. Now okay. they don't just like get turned into a ghoul through cannibalism. They then like they commit sufficient cannibalry and then uh, to be like cursed to come back as a ghoul after they die. Yeah, which I don't like as much. I like uh, I like a living being being like twisted into becoming a ghoul personally yeah yeah i like you have the aspect where they don't get nourishment right like maybe they get yeah. really ghoulish but they're still alive but it's the fact that they don't get nourishment that actually kills them but they keep going and yeah they, like, they just, like, it's hard to find where the threshold was it's yeah, like a it's long like transformation cross fade into undeath you know yes <laughs> Exactly. And then uh, fifth edition, that's where we add the abyssal angle to try to tie it all into the uh, the cosmology of the game, which yeah. like, I don't know. I don't, uh, I think we've talked about it a bunch. I like when they just kind of stand on their own. They're more yeah. psychological, more singular. Yeah. You don't always have to have the devil that did it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the biggest, oh, it's the Orcus again? Yeah. Like boring. I don't know. I do it's, like it's... Yeah, no. I, I, there's stuff I like about it, but like I, I do like things yeah. better. It's like, no, no, there's not always like a thing behind it. There's not always like a, a reason for the bad thing. Sometimes parts of the universe are just bad. This yeah, universe exactly. has ghouls in it. That's just a fact, you know? It's just so, a uniquely bad thing that is independent yeah. of all these other bad things. Yeah. You know? But I mean, there, are, there like you said, there are some parts of it I like. I like uh, Dorisane as like, I like him begging for help from elves. Yeah. And like, that would be an interesting character to meet. And I like Yinogu being involved with this because like the, like, um, uh, uh, Knowles are also very hunger driven. Yeah, exactly. Too. And so like them being mixed up in all of this kind of like fits. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to getting to Knowles. Yeah. I look forward to getting to know you. <laughs> so sorry. It had to be done. I did it. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the... A little bit of etymology, a little bit of history. First, we'll deal with Ghast because most of most of this has to do with Ghoul, and Ghast is actually not so connected. But uh, Ghast is a late Middle English word, as we can probably guess. It is the past participle of the obsolete verb aghast, which I would argue is not obsolete. Aghast is good. Yeah. Uh, Geist, um, which, you know, means frighten from Old English. Gaston, I think, or Gaston. So that's where we get like geist, also poltergeist, ghost, uh, that kind of thing. But ghoul is a totally, <clears throat> totally different origin. A ghoul is uh, from Arabic. It is a demon-like being or a monstrous humanoid. It's uh, the concept itself is from pre-Islamic Arabian religions associated with graveyards and the consumption of human flesh and grave robbing. It's also used in a derogatory sense to refer to a person who delights in the macabre or whose occupation directly involves death, like a grave digger or grave robber. And it's kind of like if someone is accused of liking death too much or like liking uh, these kinds of like things you're supposed to be re repelled by. It's not like, you know, people would call if someone is like too uh, wanton in for violence, you call them a ghoul. That's like a common yeah. thing to call like political leaders who are like warmongering or delight in like the suffering of others, yeah. the volitions. 
Um, it's also related to a word in Arabic to seize. So it's, it's also, there's something, uh, of greed and gluttony to the word originally. Yeah. And it was first used in English literature in 1786 in William Beckford's Orientalist novel, Vathek, which describes the ghoul of Arabic folklore, which I haven't dug into, but, uh, I'm sure we can all imagine how sensitive it is. Um, and then it kind of, I think ghouls came up actually in the same, yeah, in 1001 Nights. Wow. Um, they come up in there a bunch of times as like, that's a, the primary source of uh, uh, most ghoul tales. And in that they are depicted as uh, monstrous creatures that dwell in cemeteries. There was also a distinction between male and female ghouls and they had different names. There was a character called the mother ghoul or relational terms such as aunt ghoul. <laughs> uh ant ghoul or mama ghoul is per sometimes portrayed in tales uh luring hapless characters usually men into their homes so she can eat them and in other stories ghouls are uh open desert dwelling shape-shifting demons that can assume the shape of animals especially hyena no connection hey, yeah it lures unwary people into the desert wastes or abandoned places to slay and devour them preys on young children, it drinks blood, it steals coins, it eats the dead, and they can take the form of the person most recently eaten. That's an interesting Ooh, variation. Yeah. Then that, that affords you some intrigue and also some like Terminator situations where like someone who looks like you walks into a vulnerable place and then starts throwing down. Yeah. Reveals, reveals themselves as a ghoul in, in their midst. And, uh, which I think is cool because that like uh, that's more in the line of like this is a thinking creature who has this is a thinking uh, creature who thinks like you yeah but has a supernatural unthinkable hunger is just like yeah. some beyond beyond your comprehension really and that's yeah. scary and that one that really like it moves some sliders more towards like the vampire side of it too right like it's, yeah like deception and trickery and yeah yeah but this is all all towards but this is all towards like a I feel like. Like vampires have like something to prove in the process yeah but a ghoul is just like this is just the easiest way to infiltrate yeah the the hen house yeah totally um there are some ghouls who another story is they're like cave dwelling animals who only leave at night and they avoid the sun and they are uh like uh genies they are not mentioned in the quran but in hadith which is i think a collection of like external writings um not official quran but like more uh we might compare them to like parables or something. Yeah. Um, there even, there might be considers what, so what it means uh, for the, the cosmology is that they're real, just like genie are, but they're like a separate thing. There's like angels and demons and humans, but also genies and now also ghouls, but it depends. Yeah. Sometimes they are just a type of genie. Um, there's an interesting, there are some uh, pieces of writing in Islam that liken the ghouls uh, to burned devils. So the story behind that is uh, apparently these devils once had access to the heavens where they eavesdropped and returned to earth to pass the hidden knowledge to soothsayers. When Jesus was born, three heavenly spheres were forbidden to them. With the arrival, the arrival of Muhammad, the other four were forbidden. The merid among the uh, devils continued to rise to the heavens, so that's the one of the types of genies, but were burned by comets. If these comets didn't burn them to death, they were deformed and driven to insanity, and they fell to the deserts and were doomed to roam the earth as ghouls. That is a complicated story with probably some bits I don't fully understand. Yeah. Uh, but ghouls are like demons who were denied heavenly spheres. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what the next best thing to a heavenly sphere is? Is dead flesh. Yeah, yeah, Rib, ribs. Um, it is said that lonely travelers can escape a ghoul's attack by repeating uh, the call to prayer. So there we have like you know religious rites turning them back. Yeah, the uh, uh, turn undead. In fact, a ghoul, uh, as in contrast to a devil, might actually convert to Islam oh. when they hear the call to prayer. So that's interesting. Yeah, that that is could use that somehow in a game of like rival clerics. Like trying to turn ghouls into like self-hating uh, servants of their yeah. god, yeah. Or like maybe that's like the ultimate like uh, you know like a traveling priest like cleric challenge is like I'm gonna convert a ghoul 
to I'm gonna save a ghoul's soul, you know? Oh yeah, like, yeah. You can do There's that. You're yeah. Just like how a devil will uh like it's it's a much more delicious target to corrupt someone who is so righteous. Yeah, yeah. So to like save something so corrupt being yeah. like the, the motivator. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um but in modern day, the word ghoul entered the English tradition in uh there's an, what is it called? Pickman's Model. Pickman's Model is a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, Ghouls yeah. are, are members of a subterranean. Do you know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it ages ago. But oh, yeah. you did? Do you yeah. remember anything about it? Um, I remember not too much. Like the basic overview of the plot probably. And like yeah. uh, a lot of descriptions of uh, the cave systems uh, connected to, I think, subway tunnels. Yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's uh, ghouls. They are uh, uh, members of a subterranean race. They live underground. They eat dead human flesh. And by doing that, they were mutated into bestial humanoids. But they carry on intelligent conversations with the living. And they live underground, just like you said, in a bunch of tunnels that connect to ancient human ruins and deep underworlds. And they uh, emerge in subway tunnels to feed on train wreck victims. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's a great image. Yeah. Um, Lovecraft's vision of the ghoul, and this was something that Robert E. Howard and Clark Ashton Smith, because they were all pen pals and were writing in each other's universes, they all kind of uh, contributed to this. But ghouls described by Lovecraft are dog-faced, hideous creatures, but they're not necessarily malicious. They're just kind of like, they're like bottom feeders. Yeah, yeah. They're the catfish of like, of people. Yeah. They're, they're pro pro probably their only food source is human flesh, but they don't seek it out and they don't hunt living people. So like the characters and- Yeah. It's like the ecological niche. They just like settled in through necessity. Yeah, yeah. And there's uh, there's another story by H.P. Lovecraft called The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, in which the main character uh, gets involved with like a bunch of ghouls uh, as allies who like help him out. And in fact, features the uh, Pikmin from Pikmin's model after his complete transition into a mature ghoul. So spoiler yeah. alert for Pikmin's <laughs> model. And then, of course, um, the Fallout series, as you mentioned, ghouls are human beings who have been exposed to large amounts of radiation and they turn into like gross kind of zombie people. But like half of them remain fully in control of themselves and half of them turn feral and are just like mindless uh, eaters of they attack you a ton, so it's like they're yeah. not just eating dead flesh, they're eating whatever. Um, I will now talk about Throne of Bones. This is the book I was talking about that I happened to read uh, last year. Yeah. So this is a collection of nine stories by the late author Brian McNaughton. It was released in 1997. And in it, you'll kind of find a big grab bag of everything that we've talked about thrown in here, um, but woven into a like pretty heady uh, collection of stories. There's a major theme is how a, the attraction to debauchery leads to ghoulification. So it, it's a bunch of characters and some of them are like, like very openly depraved or some of them are like kind of aristocrats who like slowly get curious about ghouls. So it all takes place in this cap in this city. It's the capital city of a decaying empire. Um, so like everything is just getting worse all the time. The infrastructure is getting worse. It's surrounded by a gigantic graveyard full of crypts and tunnels. And ghouls are rare, but they are reality of life. So there's ghouls like they're a known thing that not only are in the graveyards, but they're like in the city. They're kind of just like mega pests that if you're rich enough, you live in parts of the city where you don't have to worry about them. But like in certain areas, there's like the risk of a ghoul. And like some people don't really think they exist, but then they there's definitely like people have seen them and dealt with them and they're definitely real. And they're like they're barely kept at bay in the dark corners. Um, but then, like I said, some people get a little too attracted to them. And and they become them by indulging themselves by like eating dead flesh or there's like some like uh, sexual perversion that happens. 
And but when they transform, it's uh, like utterly total. It's not like uh, like a tragic transformation, like sometimes vampirism is, or like werewolfism. They they become a totally different uh, entity or person. Like some of them even like they they change their names. Um, they have they might have memories of their past lives, but it's like it, they remember. It's like it happened to a different person. Right. Yeah. And there's no there's they, they, there's there's no time wasted about like trying to like make them remember who they were or, like be saved you know it's like it's not even a uh, consideration it's not even a possibility right. and they are like they're sort of the ghouls as described in in the game but like even more what's there's a great line oh they have a uh, ghouls are the nightmares of every sane person they are bestial creatures with coffin cracking strength there's nothing remotely romantic about them. For for them, all flesh is sustenance. They wallow in the gore and filth of burial pits, and around them clings the stink of corruption. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, interesting thing that, the, like, another weird angle about the whole thing is that they have, after they eat someone, they, like, against their will, like, this, 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 just, this just happens automatically. They... Chris, you still there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I lost you for a second there, though. And one second... Uh, one second. Hello? Hello. Hi. Oh my God. Like this, my microphone cord is extremely sensitive. Oh. Um, so I'm just going to play the last thing I said on my, this, luckily my local recording will tell me exactly where, uh, everything fucked up. Great. And it's on a roll. I love this. Uh, I forgot about this book. It's a great book. Just another weird angle about the whole thing is that there will, like this, 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 this just happens automatically. Oh, so I will now begin recording again. Hello. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So podcast is still recording. Very good. Um, so this just happens automatically. When they eat someone, they take on that person's likeness, memories, and personality for a time. Oh. But it's not like how, it's not like they transform and uh, pretend to be someone to get access to, to something or to you know penetrate a vulnerable area they like don't know that they are a ghoul actually for a little while which i don't know oh. what to make what to make of that yeah huh that's weird i like it it's weird yeah and it's it's a it's funny it's like a thing that they do they they know what happens to them and they there's a few parts where they like purposely seek a, a particular person to eat in order to like live like them briefly it's a strange thing it is weird yeah and then there's uh, another element to it is that there's a criminal underground who deals with them to like uh, coordinate the robbing of graves. There's rich perverts who like want to know more about them and like seek them out. And then tying it all together is the first story is about um, I, one of these like it's not a he's not an aristocrat, but he's like a, a merchant's son or something. So he's like kind of an upper crust kid, but he like hangs yeah. out in these graveyards and um, becomes a ghoul eventually. And he becomes uh, the king ghoul. Vomicrom Noxus. <laughs> and a big part of the drama is a rivalry between Vomicrom Noxus and uh, another ghoul named Polyard. And that is the main thrust of it. It's pretty, uh, it's, um, it's good, but it's like, it is, uh, it's pretty dense for like the topic, but it's like, it really explores everything about the ghoul psychologically. Yeah. Depravity, uh, guilt, appetites, uh, fall of an empire, falling from grace. I recommend it. It's pretty. It took me a while to read. It's pretty thick, if I remember. But it was a. It was a quick one. A city of bones, was it? Throne of the bones. The throne of bones, which t throne is not a bones. great title, I don't think. <laughs> Rhymes too much. Makes me want to say bone throne. Um, and I was. I have a couple examples of like ghouls in greater media that aren't explicitly named ghouls or like that. And I could only really. Think of Blade 2. Blade 2 is the best example I can think of. Of uh, The concept of Blade 2 is that there's a, a hyper vampire. There's a race of like yeah. vampires who are even more vampires than the vampires. And the vampires need Blade's help to kill them. And these little guys are uh, extremely pale, creepy, gaunt. They're wicked little freaks. They live in big packs underground. And when they eat and feed, they their face extends monstrously and they're not interested in the masquerade of being vampires of like controlling the world or reaching some sort of equilibrium with humans they're just there to eat they're just there to like chase and pounce 
and they have like there's a, a more strong-willed leader the ghast of the whole thing yeah. who like he's not he has the same appetites but he's more philosophical um he's more philosophically uh motivated he feels he is like a uh, if i remember correctly he's like the uh the more powerful evolution the more primal and therefore more fit yeah i think that's a cool take like the, the i like the idea of a of a ghast who thinks that th that the state that they're in is actually more worthy of existing yeah and is, is a truer form than like a, a a pitiful human who is like afraid of being eaten oh oh you got like little <laughs> lies and you wear a little hat and you go to your little work and you like eat your little salad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like a gas that's like no no like what i do is like tr this is true authenticity you know like this is real yeah like yeah, yeah, like I like the idea of uh, like the the ghouls are like they only feel the hunger, but the ghast is like we are hunger, and that's okay. Yeah. The fact that we feel yeah. awful, this is like we are like they just embrace the uh, the feeling. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh it's a it's imagining Sisyphus happy, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, also, as mentioned, the masquerade, vampire of the masquerade. There are ghouls in that. They are the human slaves of vampires. Um, and it's your classic Renfield situation where they like drink the vampire's blood and become beholden to them and they're like allowed to indulge their like lesser appetites and their like lesser lives yeah. so they can Renfield uh, famously uh, eating the eater of bugs that was all he was allowed but he had that like kind of he was unsophisticated and like not in control and like really beholden to his hunger in a way that Dracula ain't you know yeah yeah which is a good, uh, it's a good way of putting it in folding yeah. it into the, the vampire mythos is like ghouls are vampires who like don't know how to hold their liquor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure there's more out there, but that's it. I mean, I think yeah. ghouls, do you, have, do you know any? Well, those are like, I think you got some of the main ones, but like the other examples I'm thinking of are missing some crucial aspects of it. Like yeah. I, uh, I definitely think of like, um, like the last man on earth, I am legend, like that type of that whole situation. Oh yeah. Parallels yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think in the Simpsons parody of that, they explicitly call them ghouls. Um, I never seen that one. Yeah. It was, a, I think it was a tree house of horror and, uh, come on, it's the schools. Let us in like that. Oh yeah. Thing, something <laughs> like that. But, um, uh, the other things that are coming to mind are like, no, that's a fast zombie, and that's a that's a different thing. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, overlap. And you have to like you have to understand the context. There's a lot you have to know to make yeah. the call. Like but twenty days later, maybe there's something ghoul related there, but it was that was like yeah. a rage virus that was like just violence, not like consumption, which is like also related in the whole yeah. thematic ghoul thing. But yeah, being overwhelmed by any one like primal lust, yeah, to the exclusion of all others, and like not being sad, like not deriving pleasure from it, you know, which is funny because I just said how like we. In everyday usage, in normal usage, we would call someone who like seems to be delighting in misery as being ghoulish. But like a good, I think it's cool to, and like it's different to have a monster who like doesn't enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. You know, oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. uh, it's Halloween time and a lot, I've seen a lot of uh, Halloween decorations. And I think there's like uh, a great number of like, undefined creepy little guy statues and decorations yeah. that are like is this like is it a skeleton is it supposed to be like death in his black robe or cloak is it supposed to be a vampire it's kind of like kind of like nondescript uh like no name brand uh like human looking monster yeah i think they all kind of fall under some you'd like call it it'd be okay to call it a ghoul it'd be okay to call it a ghoul and i've always felt like I don't know what type of undead guy the Crypt Keeper is, but the Crypt Keeper always seemed to me like some type of ghoul. Yeah. But like not in, in anything other than like his appearance, but like just like what type of monster is that? Well, he, like, yeah. he delights, yeah. He seems to delight in terror. Yeah, yeah. In tales of terror, certainly. 
And uh, it's I could imagine him being like a person who is like too interested in uh, um, episodic yeah. <laughs> stories. Well, I'm, thinking, of, I'm thinking of the of animated fairer. show too, and like he's just really he really loves visual gags. Like to yeah, he loves visual gags. Things. Yeah, yeah. His that's his big taboo is that he indulged his uh, one too many visual puns, and he, you yeah. just start mutating. Yeah, yeah. Also, this is really like neither here nor there, but it's ghoul other than being ghoul related. But um, I always think of uh, that bit from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're asking Charlie what his hobbies are. And he's like, oh, yeah, ghoul or his interests. He's like, ghouls. Ghouls are my interests. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, like little green ghouls, you know, like yeah. little. And it's, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like little green ghouls. Like you see them all around in Halloween, like little green ghouls. Yeah. They're like, they're not a. It's funny because I was like, you know, everyone knows what we're talking about, but they're like, what is that? No one really <laughs> knows what they are. Yeah. But it's it's so persistent. It's like the least uh, like defined uh, but very typical monster. Yeah. But we don't have like a solid basis for of like what they are. There's no rules. There's no ghouls rules. Yeah. And it's like it also reminds me of like I feel like ghouls are this is a very common type of um like internet jump scare video is like the pale guy crawling around weird sprints yeah, at the you. Pale guy. Cool. Yeah. yeah. The pale weirdo with a with a jaw that it opens too much. Yeah. So hopefully this uh, episode will give you some guidance about what to do when that happens. And when yeah. you see them, you'll see them everywhere now. Yeah. All over the place. Um, and if yeah. if they come sprinting at you, uh I don't know. I hope you're armed. Yeah. All right, well, take us away, man. All next right, up monsters. Is, is giant. We, All right, we, I, I, a, I told you to do it, and then I, <laughs> I interrupted you. What's uh, what's 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 the next monster, Chris? Giants. Giants. It's giants. Yeah. Giants. A classic. Yeah. All right, monsters out of here. Nice. Thank you. Monster Manual Mash is Christopher Lawson and Wes Grist, edited by me, Chris Lawson. Find me on Twitter at Chris M Lawson. Music by Wes, a.k.a. Elias. You can find more of his music on bandcamp.com slash Elias. That's numeral zero L-I-A-S. It's not a hacker thing, it's just what was available. Thanks to Sarah B. Milner for our logo. Thanks to everyone listening, and to everyone talking monsters on the Monster Manual Mash Facebook group, Monsters to You.